0: Thanks for tuning in to listen to Nature's True Crime, tales of the more unknown natural disasters, how they happened, and what impacts they had on the areas affected. My name is Kaylee.
1: And I'm Alex.
0: All right. So um, today we're going to be talking about a fragile ecosystem already under threat from mismanagement and pollution, faced its biggest threat on April 20th, 2010. Do you know what we're talking about today? I don't remember if I told you.
1: You probably told me, but I have forgotten it in the week since. Okay, cool. And I remember something happening around that time in this area.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna let you try and guess. Do you have any inkling of what it could be?
1: Which is very <laughs> very sad. I've been here good part of my life, and I don't know.
0: Okay, well, we'll be talking about the Deepwater Horizon oil spill. Yes, I know what that is. <laughs> I just couldn't remember when it happened. Uh. which is the largest oil spill in the history of marine drilling operations. We will dive into what happened to cause the disaster, as well as the lasting effects it has had on the environment. So, um, and also for anyone that couldn't just see Alex, he did a very intense arm wave with his fingers pointed in the air. And Yeah. 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 Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So... Let's just dive on into it then. Yes, should. I, I don't know why I always feel like I have to pause and like something magical will happen. It's, it's, Am I not magical enough for you? You're totally magical. You're a unicorn. Obviously. No, a leprechaun. You're a leprechaun. That too. You're a leprechaun-y unicorn.
1: I'm just a unicorn that's like green and orange.
0: Yes. <laughs> Literally right now.
1: <laughs> yes. All they right. have no contact.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Alex uh, has red hair and he's wearing green pants, which is, it's not as funny when I say that. I
1: mean, I wasn't going to fill them in on no, in the context. I was just going to leave them out. Okay. Exactly.
0: Scratch that.
1: Obviously. He is
0: just a mystery to everyone.
1: <laughs> I actually do not exist. I'm a victim of Kaylee's imagination. Yeah, you
0: know what? You probably are like my imaginary friend. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Billy? Honest. Is Alex really here? No. Nothing. Never mind. Anyways, moving on. Just a a, never mind. It was a joke. You weren't in on it. Now it's just awkward. (laughs) All right. So moving on with our lives. On April 20th, 2010, at approximately 7.45 p.m., BP, which is also British Petroleum, in case anyone is not aware, um, BP's mobile offshore drilling unit called Deepwater Horizon, suffered a disastrous fate i try to be dramatic with like the
1: words very dramatic
0: um the unit exploded causing 3.19 m- why did i say that 3.19 no 3.19 sounds. But anyways about three million barrels which equates to 134 million gallons of oil to spill into the gulf of mexico That was really hard for me to say. That was. That whole sentence, I just couldn't do it. Numbers, man. On this day, Deepwater Horizon was declared as the worst oil spill reported in U.S. history. Two days later. Fuck. I meant to look something up when I was doing this and I didn't. (laughs) Two days later. On April 22nd, the oil rig sank. I wanted, when I saw that, because Earth Day is on April 22nd. Yeah. So, I didn't know if Earth Day was, I actually don't know why Earth Day is Earth Day. So, I didn't know if it had to do with the oil spill because it happened on the same day.
1: Earth Day is Earth Day because that's the day the Earth was created.
0: I don't feel like that's true. (laughs) But. (laughs) But I meant to look up to see if they were like, if they have anything to do with each other or if it's just like a really shitty thing that. There was a dra- like a disastrous oil spill on Earth Day. Like, what better way to say, hey, I love you, Earth, than spilling millions of gallons of oil into the... Congratulations. Pool. I have a phone. Hold, please, while we look up this information. First held on April twenty second, 1970. Mm. That answers that question. So, yeah, it's just a really shitty thing to happen on Earth Day. Yep. Like, that sucks. And it's not talked about anywhere that right. on Earth Day, <laughs> that's right. Millions upon millions of gallons of oil were spewed into the Gulf of Mexico, killing like a gajillion wildlife. But no one cares about that,
1: obviously. It, it also killed my memory of the entire event. Yeah. So,
0: <laughs> <laughs> and I will say we're going to talk about this later. That I really didn't know a whole lot about the oil spill. Like I knew that it was happening because mm-hmm. that was that was what twelve years ago.
1: That's right.
0: I'm twenty. How old am I? 29? I'm 29, so... I
1: think so. I
0: was 17.
1: Yeah, I was 18 when it happened. I I do remember a lot because we didn't get too much oil, at least over in Destin. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons why Destin became pretty popular because Panama City got a bunch of oil and people were looking for other places to... Go. uh, Go, yeah, and they found Destin.
0: Which, if you guys didn't know, we live in the panhandle.
1: Yes, of Florida.
0: (laughs) Yes, of Florida. Alex, you've lived here your whole life, right? On and off, yes. On and off. I moved here, which I'll, like, restate later on when I tell my story, in 2016. So, yeah, when I moved up here, I had honestly completely forgotten about it. Yeah. Like, it wasn't even a thing. But we'll talk about that later. So, anyways, shitty Earth Day. And then... (sighs) 16,000 total miles of coastline uh, were affected. And that that's not like just Florida, that yeah. is Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, and Florida. And when I was researching this, like a bunch of sources said different miles per which state was affected. Yeah. So I didn't feel like putting that in because nothing was the same on any of them. They were all different. So yeah. I don't know. I just didn't trust putting in like <laughs> specific ones because I really wanted to talk about. Like Louisiana and Florida, since we're so close and yeah. they like Louisiana had a lot of marshland affected where we obviously had all of our beaches affected. And I thought it'd be cool to really like give people the scope of it, but nothing was consistent. So I didn't wanna I should have watched the documentary.
1: But... And if it was consistent, we'll be here for another twenty hours.
0: Yeah. And we'll never get out. It would be a long time. There was a lot of information. There still is a lot of information that's spewing out. So, the oil rig was owned by TransOcean and was being leased by oil company BP, British Petroleum, at the time. Uh, Deepwater Horizon was in the Macondo Oil Prospect in the Mississippi Canyon, which is a valley in the continental shelf. The oil well was, I'm not going to be, it's like 5,000 feet. It's like 4,993 feet below, but just 5,000 below the surface and extended about 18,000 feet into the rock, which. Uh, I, I'm going to say this later on when you find out, obviously, what happens. but I feel like if you have to go 5,000 feet underwater and then, like, 20,000 feet into a rock, maybe you should just leave whatever's in there alone. Yeah.
1: I assume the only reason why this actually happened is they drilled, uh, they drilled so deep that they found a three-headed dog in the interests of Hades.
0: Yes. That's yeah. exactly what happened, actually, and they yeah. all got Ian. How Makes did you know? <laughs> like, how did you know that's where I was going with this? <laughs> So, <laughs> blah, 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 blah. I'm going to read read. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: just continue from the rock, blah, blah section. <laughs> Why
0: do I suck? All right,
1: let's try. You post. see how my, my screen, I made it easy to divide up. So I, I, I just combined. can't read
0: it. That's my problem. The oil well was 5,000 feet below the surface and extended about 18,000 feet into the continental shelf. I did not know how to like, leave off from there that's what my brain was struggling with <laughs> the oil well i'm about to reread it again oh my god curses i can't this is why it's good that i can't just take it all out okay loopers and i also read that and then i went up a line somehow and read the bot the ending of a of a previous sentence so what i just said was not even right
1: we'll just read the same about seven times in a row
0: i know okay let me try this again the oil well was five thousand feet below the surface and extended about eighteen thousand feet into the rock, with constant cold temperatures just above freezing and extremely high pressure. That is how that sentence was supposed to go. We're
1: right. good now. Yes, we are.
0: On April twentieth, a surge of natural gas blasted through a concrete core that had recently been installed to seal the well for later use,
1: and they they seal seal it and then just like a can.
0: Yeah. So actually, I have. I'm going to lose my place, but it's fine because I was looking it up later. Wait,
1: it's just the second time I've asked a question and you go to later in the script to find my answer.
0: Yeah, let me just skip all the other information (laughs) again. No, I can't. I don't remember the name of the company. It started with an H. Hold on. What? Halbert? Halberton? That sounds right, so I'm gonna say yeah. Congrats,
1: we are an educational podcast. Please educate us on how this all works.
0: I, I truly think that, that you were right. If you if you literally just walked by and said that like with no context at all, I'm gonna be so annoyed. Well is a
1: pretty famous company being that the former vice president Dick Cheney was the CEO of
0: Halburton. I don't
1: know this. He's obsessed with Dick.
0: I know it's Halberton, but I just wanna make sure it's Halberton.
1: I'm very impressed that you pulled your ponytail from the left side of your <laughs> face to the right side of your face. What is the point of a ponytail if you're going to pull it in front of your I'm face? I'm
0: stressed. Well, Anyways, let us continue. With what did you ask me? What was the question? <laughs> I, I
1: was just saying I'm impressed that they were able to reseal the shelf. For oh, yeah.
0: Use. So apparently, <laughs> we're just going to say Halberton right now until I find the, the freaking name.
1: The company that sealed it up.
0: Yes. So they actually worked on it. They had used it, sealed it, so to say. And I don't think I put all of this information in here because it has to do with, like, what they found out in court and stuff. But it was found that Halberton knew that the seal was faulty to begin with. Seriously? um, Which is an indicator of why this had all happened. But there was also, and, like, I will say I didn't put all of the legal stuff in here because one, it's boring to me and I didn't feel like reading it all, but also two, there was so much that went into it because it was three different companies. It was BP, Halliburton, yeah. and TransOcean. Mm-hmm. They were all blaming each other and then they were also blaming Obama at the time because he was president mm-hmm. for not like reacting the proper way and not doing the right efforts and there was like a whole ban in place and stuff. Like It was this whole thing. So it's- if you guys are interested... Do some research on it yourself it's it's actually really interesting there's just like a lot that went into it but yes they knew that it was faulty and then when they were um when bp was working on it um and they went down to do what is called like the top kill which we'll get into mm-hmm. they also saw that there was like broken pieces and stuff on it so they all knew that things were happening it's amazing that
1: they knew in the early 2000s that 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 was all yeah. screwed up uh just like Back in the late '40s, where U.S. Steel yes. knew that their smelters were bad.
0: Yes. So. Except BP ended up paying a lot more money than they did. Yes. But all right, so that's that's why it got resealed and stuff.
1: Thank you for letting me know. Back on track.
0: I can't wait to like listen to this and have to try and edit that shit. Cause good
1: luck, future Kaylee.
0: <sighs> I might just leave it all in one chaotic mess.
1: They should get to know us who or who we truly are. The chaotic messes that we are.
0: For real. Okay. Oh, what is,
1: I touched something and it's, it
0: squeaked. <laughs> it was the flamingo. <laughs> it's a cat what? toy. It's a cat toy. <laughs> oh, it's just a flamingo. It's fine. Last week I was sitting on bras and now there's a flamingo. <laughs> <laughs> this is why we should have done this at your house. <laughs> on April 20th, a surge of natural glass. Uh, <laughs> natural glass. Gas blasted through a concrete pour that had recently been installed to seal the well for later use. It is said that once this gas was released, it traveled up the rig's riser to the platform where it ignited, killing 11 workers and injuring 17. Which, if you think about it, like an oil well exploding only killed 11. And there was, I think they said like 150 to 180 workers Uh, present. So, they got pretty lucky. But, fun fact, they actually never found the bodies of the 11 workers. So they, oh, boy. Yeah, so they think they just, like, pretty much evaporated in the explosion.
1: I there, they got pushed into the
0: ocean in, and, and
1: like, who, 30 years' time.
0: Yeah, who knows what. You know, there have been bodies that have washed up before, so yeah. it could have been one of the workers. Any
1: body you now found that washed up in any body of water, I don't care if it's landlocked or locked, not. Yeah. It's a BP oil spill body. Exactly.
0: Um, so yeah, injuring during 17, the oil rig capsized and sank two days later on April 22nd. It took two days to sink. Two days. Yeah. And we go into why it took two days too. At least I did, but I don't see it very.
1: Don't go searching through it again. We'll go to it eventually. I was going right? to say, I thought
0: it was closer, but I don't see it. Every
1: time you go searching through <laughs> later in the script, things happen.
0: Okay. So, um, anyways, it had to take in water. And then yeah. it started turning and then it capsized and then oh, it stayed yeah. capsized and then filled and then it sank. So
1: I wonder if that particular type of oil rig was one of the types up like is designed to float instead of being attached to the bottom of the.
0: Um, I think it was attached by yeah. the, the riser uh-huh. um, because, and it also says that it only like capsized and sank because um, as it was like filling with water and stuff, the riser had broke. And it caused, obviously, other damage and stuff, but we'll get into that. So anyways, when Deepwater Horizon capsized, it then, here we go, ruptured the riser, (laughs) which had (laughs) drilling mud injected into it, counteract the pressure of oil and natural gas that was trying to fight its way upward. BP originally said that they were losing about 1,000 barrels per day. However, the U.S. government estimated it to be about 60,000 barrels per day in 2012 just fun fact the gulf was still polluted with oil
1: at the same time though we're discussing that eventually we need to go to the locations that these things happen and then you mentioned that this is a place that we could go to yeah
0: we could have like recorded on the beach at state park who shall not be named because they suck
1: i'm still wondering i was thinking let's go out to where the Deepwater Horizon oil rig was.
0: We have a boat. We totally could.
1: We, I mean, we could.
0: Let's do it. Ugh. Yes, that would be awesome. We wouldn't see anything, but. No. <laughs> all right. So now, with with all of that information, I when I was looking it up and stuff and learning about it, because like I said, I knew a little bit about it, but I actually didn't know like the full scope of yeah. everything um and i just i was thinking that you you would assume that there was something in place to s- prevent this from happening or like help stop it i don't know just something you would think because this wasn't the first oil spill to ever happen yeah. so upon reading that i found my answer as for that So the rig, Deepwater Horizon, did in fact have what is called a BOP, a a blowout preventer. (laughs) Yeah, a BOP, which is funny because in the source, it had like the definition for it. So I just clicked on it and it said to um, like lightly tap someone on the head. And I was like, not that BOP. So it was funny that the source like gave the wrong definition because it's actually the blowout preventer. Anyways, blowout preventer. The BOP which acts as a fail-safe to close the channel where oil is drawn. So this is supposed to close. If there is a spill, supposed to close and shut it off so it stops. Well, on this day, the Deepwater Horizon's bop malfunctioned (gasps) from a bent pipe in the blind shear rams due to the pressure, so to say.
1: The blind shear rams?
0: Yes. Yes. It turns out, like, in the legal shit, that was iffy too, if that was the actual reason. So, of course, lots, lots of things to unpack.
1: I mean, why wouldn't there be lots and lots of things to unpack? Yes, yeah. and unpack, not impact
0: that too. Both, we'll just go with both. Definitely. So, a report done in 2014, which is two years later, which I like that it was still investigated two years later because yeah. they found more information out. Just two years later, by the chemical safety board, found that the blind shear rams activated sooner than originally claimed. And that may have been what actually punctured the pipe.
1: (laughs) That's very ironic.
0: Yeah. So nothing, nothing went well. Like the seal was already like messed up. (laughs) Then the things activated prematurely and cut the pipe. Like there's just things happening. Did these people even know what they were doing? So are we finally
1: on the second page?
0: Yeah, we're finally on the yeah, we're finally on the second page. I can't like it doesn't even show how long we've been talking, but I'm sure how long. We've
1: been talking for three and a half days. I have missed work and everything.
0: (laughs) Oh, I need to pay you for this. (laughs) So 87 days later on June 15th, 2010, and yeah, 87 days later, the leak was finally permanently sealed. Eighty-seven days. It didn't get sealed for eighty-seven days. I did not know that. So when I was like looking all this up and stuff, like I said, I was seventeen at the time, and I lived on the East Coast at that time. So we really weren't affected, yeah, over there in Volusia County, really at all. I mean, it was obviously on the news, but I was seventeen. I didn't really watch the news, so I had heard about it, and I remember like not wanting to go to. Like the BP gas stations, and so I won it, and then I'd get like pissed if anyone that I knew would go there, because I'd be like, "Do you know what happened?" Uh, Even though I knew nothing about it, yeah. Um, but I didn't know that it lasted so long. I yeah. In my seventeen-year-old brain, I thought it was like it happened in a day and it was done in a day, you know.
1: I mean, that's how things work for seventeen-year-olds. Yeah,
0: and especially since it wasn't happening in my area. Yeah. There was other seventeen year old things to worry about. I just I guess. remember
1: I was going to college up in Georgia at the time, but I come down to Dustin for uh, the summer and we had a few spots of oil here and there, but we didn't have anything else. So I just the only thing I really knew about is kind of like when COVID first got really, really bad, it was the new cycle. Yeah. Every single day. That that was what they latched on to. Yeah. Uh, but that's the only thing i really remember about it somehow.
0: Yeah, well that and it was twelve years ago, so so many things have happened uh, since I, then. I
1: can't remember why I didn't work today, so yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: Oil was leaking into the Gulf for 87 days, uh, which is absolutely horrendous. Uh, immediately after the spill, BP, Transocean, and government officials tried to control the spread of oil to beaches and other coastal environments by using floating booms to contain the surface oil, and 1.8 million gallons of chemical dispersants um, were launched to try and break it down underwater, which unfortunately also made its way into the food chain and caused a number of health problems that can still be seen today um, in marine mammals such as heart defects and underdeveloped lungs, and like a whole other list of health problems that have just been getting passed down less than half the oil that spewed out of the ruptured well well head was tra- so well hell yeah <laughs> <laughs> well head was trapped deep underwater at thirty six thousand feet which i thought was pretty interesting yeah
1: does it because oil normally goes towards the top
0: well scientists are still unsure why this occurred but theorized that it is due to the ocean currents being changed by the temperature differences between it and the hot oil. Ah. Um, in May of 2010, efforts were made to place a containment dome over the largest area of the broken riser, but it failed. The next a trend. Yeah. The next top kill method was attempted in which drilling mud was pumped into the riser to stop the flow. However, it again did not work because the pressure was too much. In June, BP tried to use the apparatus LMRP cap, which stands for lower marine riser package.
1: Close just off the tongue.
0: It does not. (laughs) (laughs) Not mine, anyways. The LMRP was not a perfect fit, and it was actually on loosely, but it did grant enough time to allow BP to siphon about 15,000 barrels of oil a day into a nearby tanker. Several ancillary systems were then added, increasing the collection to 25,000 barrels a day. And so that was just like several other things helped. I can't imagine. (laughs) On July 12th, a capping stack was placed which was a more permanent solution um but by now unfortunately like it was close to five million barrels had already leaked into the gulf and only 800,000 had been collected back yeah. on august 3rd a static kill was conducted and then for anyone not familiar with that term like i was not for any of these it's a procedure in which drilling mud was pumped into the well through the BOP. Wait, the bop? yes the ba. and if you remember we talked about the failed BOP earlier with the top kill and how that was yeah. unsuccess- unsuccessful so I was curious why they were doing it again if it didn't work the first time so I was looking it up more upon looking it up the static kill differed from the top kill because mud could be injected at a lower pressure because yeah. the capping stack that they had placed was actually stabilizing the pressure so it helped so it so they, already they were able
1: right to successfully bop something
0: yes they they indeed bopped it in September, the capping stack and failed BOP were removed and replaced with a functioning BOP why in the beginning they didn't just remove well, functioning yes one and yes exactly like why not just if it's already fucked like and if you're already gonna take it off then why not just take it off right at the beginning when it's already fucking everything up and just put the I don't know I, the only thing I could, like, conclude with myself, because none of the sources said anything about that, um, was maybe, like, the pressure of how much oil was leaking yeah. at the time was too much to put the new one back on. Because, I mean, this is, this is nearing the end of when they finally got it permanently sealed, so it's been, like, three months already. Yeah. So the oil was probably leaking slower. Maybe it helped it. I don't know. No one said, that's just what I'm assuming. I could be extremely wrong. Where were you? The success of this allowed for a bottom kill, which was said to be the most likely to permanently seal the leak. The bottom kill procedure is when the cement is pumped through a channel, also known as a relief well, that ran alongside or better said paralleled until it intersected the original well.
1: And this is all down at 5,000 feet yes. down there.
0: Which I also had to like remind myself that that's a lot, so a it's mile. gonna take a long time. Yeah, I was being very harsh when I was reading this on like why they were doing everything, but then I was like, no. just give it a second. But anywho, now there's two wells down there. Construction of the two wells had begun in May, and on September seventeenth, the bottom kill maneuver was sex- successfully executed through the first relief well. The second had been intended to serve as a backup and was not completed. Of course. Yeah. Because they'll never need that. No. Two days later, after a series of pressure tests, it was announced that the well ha- was completely sealed.
1: Yay! Hallelujah. The bop worked. It was successfully bopped.
0: After three months.
1: And several no. boppings.
0: No, not even three. April, May, June, July, August. June. Six months. After six months.
1: After six months of bopping, it finally worked.
0: Yes ridiculous
1: they did not bop to the top
0: no <laughs> what is that what does that game say whenever you whenever you mess up the twist it spin it pull oh. it bop it and it goes when do you mess up
1: oh yeah i know exactly what you're talking about when there were so many commercials for that in the late 90s yeah
0: there was <laughs> it was such a fun game it's not the same anymore
1: uh you went for that i went to the straight to high school musical you don't remember bop to the top
0: Oh! <laughs> I like, what are you talking about? My brain is going pop to the top and play and sing with the music, and that's not how that <laughs> no, the song goes at all. No. But I know what you're talking
1: about. <laughs> Good. Okay. I will not be singing
0: it for you. <laughs> so after all of this, BP chief executive Tony Hayward pretty Which? much sealed his fate by making the public hate him. He shouldn't have
1: quit.
0: <laughs> uh, BP did not have many rallying for them after this disaster obviously which is i can't understand um and tony did not make that easier he made remarks like i just want my life back after giving many uncaring and disrespectful remarks in media interviews seeming as though this was just pretty much a huge inconvenience for him and he just wanted to get over it he was then replaced in october one month after this yeah. he was just replaced bp ended up losing 40 billion dollars in ah. Costs associated with cleanup, recovery, and settlements as a result of the oil spill in 2010, with an additional 16 billion due to the Clean Water Act.
1: And now, it's still impressive that BP is still going as a company after. I know Probably 40
0: plus billion. And all the money from that hasn't even been like let out yet. There's yeah. still government grants that you can get uh, through the Clean. Water Act and through like the BP recovery. We
1: we got some of that at work and about three or four years ago, I think.
0: Yeah, what did they do with it?
1: I was just going to continue vaguely talking about work and sounds like you it have sucks. They pay me, so I'm not saying anything one way or the other.
0: <laughs> what impact did this have on the environment? Page three. Yes. And oh, this was like my short story time. Where I was going to say before we dive into everything else uh, that was like affected for our listeners, we actually live in the Florida Panhandle. I grew up on the east coast of Florida in Volusia County and moved here in 2016. And I started a job with the Park Service at a coastal park. I think it was like a year after I started. We got hit with um, a it was either a tropical storm or a hurricane. I don't remember which one. Yeah. I, we've been hit every year, so.
1: Yeah, just the very outer edges of it, though.
0: Yes. And uh, we had actually found a bunch of, like, oil balls and stuff that had washed up. Yeah. So I just wanted to make that point that, like, even today, 12 years later, we're still finding, like, oil balls and stuff.
1: Isn't it, incidentally, that's how Kaylee and I met.
0: Yes, at the park. Yes. Of uh, hell. Yes. Yes,
1: yes. I mean. Alex is still there. I am. But I am a ginger with no soul, so I enjoy hell very much.
0: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and you'll find this interesting. I don't know if you know this. I did not know this. But Noriego Point mm-hmm. was actually redone as a restoration project after the spill to help redo the coastal. Oh, wow. I, I didn't know that.
1: Yeah, I just thought they were redoing it just because it, it needed to be done. So I thought that's why they were doing
0: it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I knew it was. Created because they had dug that channel out and, and like yeah. made that waterway, that inner coastal waterway or whatever. Yeah,
1: the past. Yeah. All that.
0: So I thought that was just something that occurred because of that. I didn't know that it had been completely redone because of BP oil spill. But yeah, yeah, it was like, I'll attach the YouTube video to the podcast so people can watch the YouTube video about it. But there's like a list of uh, restoration projects that have been done mm-hmm. afterwards to help with, obviously. The spill and whatnot, yeah. and Noriega Point was on it, and I was like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> I was it's, like, "I know yeah. that." It's, I
1: um, I lived literally on the beach in that area for I think this was like just two years after the oil spill, and I literally walked down to Noriega Point literally every day. So it's yeah, it's, it's weird. Ma- yeah, it is.
0: It's weird to now know the history of it, but yeah. So sorry to veer off, but fun fact. Uh, when
1: have we ever stayed on track?
0: Yeah. Like, ever? And also, uh, so the state park that me and Alex both worked at at the time was actually a command center during the BP oil spill, which I had learned when I started yeah. there. So that was a cool thing. And that's why I knew a little bit more about the oil spill. But I mean, really, I still don't feel like they ever went into it. It, no. it, was, some, it was like a taboo thing to talk about. Like they didn't want people knowing that it had happened. Yeah. Um, Since it's such a high tourist area, I thought that was pretty cool that it was a command center. And then also to find out that Noriega Point was redone for it. Fun things were found out in all this research. We are going to get to the sad part where we talk about the environmental impact. So for the listeners, if there are any, um, we're going to be going over like animal injuries and deaths and stuff. So if you don't like listening to that...
1: Or if you don't like listening to that and still want to listen to, good job.
0: To make yourself cry, yeah, go for it.
1: Uh, some people just need a good
0: cry. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So over eight thousand animals, and this is like birds, turtles, mammals. Like, yeah. That doesn't even go into like the microvertebrate and everything else that is listed in here. There was a lot. Yeah. But yeah, so birds, turtles, mammals, over 8,000 were reported dead just six months after the spill, including many that were already on the endangered species list, which I'm assuming they're talking about turtles mostly. Yeah. The, since, you know, we've got the loggerheads and the greens here a lot. And then at the time, we had a lot more Kemp's Ridley nesting, which obviously declined after this. Yeah. So I'm assuming that's, that those are the ones that they were kind of leaning to. But there was probably obviously like endangered birds and stuff that were also being affected. So you could see shorebirds and other migratory bird species covered in oil, fish washing up dead with their scales slicked with oil, marine mammal strandings and deaths. 93 species of birds were affected by the spill. And wait till you hear this. This blew my mind. It's estimated that 800,000 coastal and 200,000 offshore birds died.
1: A million birds
0: that's what blew my mind like i guess even reading on this and knowing the scale i don't know i i pictured the marine life being more affected which i mean obviously it was but to hear to that extent of like what the birds went through too oh
1: Oh, and i remember this is sort of all come back to me it's around that time i think it was dawn this year yeah or whatever at the commercial of them like cleaning the ducks and all that yeah yep
0: Yep, i do remember that that was the main thing sad thing is that's the main thing i remembered yeah of seeing anything is and they still use that as a as an advertising tool but i mean don does get everything off so
1: yeah good for them
0: (laughs) not only were these species suffering from death and a hundred different respiratory illnesses and other illnesses from the oil being ingested During the cleanup, many nests were destroyed from workers and volunteers disturbing the nesting species Uh and walking through the sites, which destroyed the eggs. Which I don't think a lot of people ever paid any mind to this or it was ever talked about because it probably wasn't as important. I think everyone was just so focused on the oil that this was kind of like in the back. But I thought it was really important to mention because I remember when I used to do like inter programs and stuff, especially with the pelicans. They're ground nesters, and if you walk up to them, one, they're going to fly away, and a lot of times they break their eggs trying to get away from whatever scared them. But then also, the one thing that I really thought of is how on Okaloosa Island, like Mm -hmm. at the National Seashore, they always have that on the right-hand side of where it's the bay access. They have that bird nesting zone always roped off, and I mean like it's roped, it's got flagging tape on it, it's got signs, and tourists always come and they'll they always are trying to find a place to park to go to the beach or whatever so they will just pull in and they'll drive over the signs they'll drive over the rope or they'll just trample through with like their millions of kids and all of those nests get destroyed every year they have like such a terrible terrible success rate because they always get killed so if you're a tourist that comes to destin do not do that (sighs) makes me so mad so anyway i don't think that's the case with what happened with these birds? I yeah. think that the volunteers and the workers were seriously so focused on the oil that they probably weren't paying attention to that and yeah. a lot of shorebird nests, like the terns or the snowy plovers, like you can't see their eggs anyway. so yeah. I don't think that they did it because they didn't care or it was like malicious anyway. but I will say there are just ignorant ass people who are idiots that do it no matter what. So I just had to vent a little bit. Moving on from that. Strandings of both dolphins and sea turtles increased significantly in the years following the spill. From the time of the spill in 2010 to 2014, over a thousand dolphins were found stranded along the shores of the Gulf. In the first birthing season for dolphins after the spill, dead baby dolphins were washing up along Mississippi and Alabama shorelines at about 10 times the normal number. And there was an unusual incidence of Brucella infection in stranded dolphins which i had learned about this a little bit when i was doing the marine stranding thing and it's pretty much it attacks their like neurological system that and can't be. yeah it's not but humans can get it too and like a couple of the different mammals can get it so it's kind of known but yeah. not not a whole lot but it's a it's terrible like oh sad anyways brucella infection in stranded dolphins leading researchers to suspect that contaminants from the spill had made cetaceans more vulnerable to other environmental dangers. Scientists uh, estimate that up to 167,000 turtles died because of the spill. In 2013, researchers found that oil on the bottom of the seafloor did not seem to be degrading and observed a phenomenon called a dirty blizzard.
1: A, a dirty blizzard yes
0: which sounds like a martini like it should be a martini or something
1: that that's not the image i got but i <laughs> actually say that
0: so oil in the water began clumping around suspended sediments and falling to the ocean floor in an underwater rain of oily particles so a, a death rain a, a black death, death, rain. death rain the results could have long-term effects because oil could remain in the food chain for generations which I think we're about to go into this, but that also brings up the, that chemical dispersant that they mm-hmm. had put in. And they also said that that affected the food chain, too. Of course. So many things are happening <sighs> at once. A 2014 bluefin tuna study in science found that oil already broken down by wave action and chemical dispersants was more toxic than fresh oil. And that's because of like what's in the chemical dispersant plus uh, yeah. Yeah. A 2015 study of the relative toxicity of oil and dispersants to coral also found that the dispersants were more toxic than the oil. So again, that chemical dispersant that, yes, breaks down the oil is also doing damage itself. And what did they... What I say? 1.8 million gallons of that dispersant was released?
1: Yeah, something like that. It's a
0: crazy number. So, invertebrates in the Gulf were hit hard by the Deepwater Horizon spill, both in coastal areas and in the deep ocean. Shrimp fish fisheries were closed for much of the year following the spill, but these commercially important species now seem to have recovered. Deep water corals grow very slowly and can live for many centuries. Found as deep as 4,000 feet below the surface, corals near the blowout showed signs of tissue damage and were covered by an unknown brown su- substance, later identified as oil from the spill.
1: Huh.
0: Laboratory studies conducted with coral species showed that coral larvae exposed to oil and dispersant had lower survival rates and difficulty settling on hard surface to grow. So it just fucked them up all. Oh. Y- yeah. And coral already has to deal with like our sunscreen in the water and all that crap, and now they have this. Microbes, however, were one of the few groups of species to, ben- to benefit from the spill.
1: The benefit,
0: best benefits. While a lot of bacteria are impacted by oil toxicity, like most every other living species, a select group of bacteria are oil lovers. Life in the Gulf of Me- which we kind of talked about that with the molasses oh, okay, story, strong. yeah. So, I feel like it's kind of the same type of bacteria. Yeah. Life in the Gulf of Mexico has exposed them to small traces of oil from natural seeps, and they have evolved to take advantage of this novel resource. <clears throat> After the spill, they grew slowly at first, but once they reached their peak in early June, the microbes were consuming methane at among the fastest rates ever reported for the open ocean. Some 60,000 times faster than methanotrops, living at a methane seep, while oil-loving bacteria are usually scarce, after the oil spill they accounted for about 90% of the microbes in contaminated water. This had a ripple effect in the community as smaller animals ate the bacteria. Some fish larva populations actually grew after the spill as they had more food in the form of oil-eating microbes. So so I guess it wasn't all bad.
1: Yeah, uh, for some reason. uh Guess this is just from the fact that today's like the end of my work week and I'm tired. But I imagine the all that oil and so the oil-eating bacteria came up and got I had a lot of oil to eat. And then suddenly there's a bacteria that's like as big as a dolphin coming up to eat it.
0: <laughs> just gets bigger and bigger. Yeah, like that game Snake. Yeah. Oil began washing ashore in June 2010. And went on to affect hundreds of miles of coastline along the Gulf states from Florida to Louisiana. Favorable weather conditions kept the oil offshore in the initial first few weeks of the spill, which gave authorities time to put defensive measures in place, such as more than 2,500 miles of protective booms to limit the volume of oil reaching land. And I have pictures that I'm going to post with this of them using the booms, and it's literally like just collecting it to where it can't keep going anywhere Oh yeah I remember seeing pictures of that which I thought that looked cool so that upon like also people at the shoreline trying to stop it there too I'm sure helped a lot the fact that researchers can still go out 12 years later and still find traces of the spill is heartbreaking um I read a couple sources where they said they go out every couple months to test deep water and above and they also test fish and stuff still And the fish and shrimp don't really have any more traces in it, at least not heavy traces, Um, but they can still find it in the water and they can still find it on the corals still 12 years later. It's insane. And it can still be traced back to the BP oil spill. Of course. Yeah. And something else that I read that has to do with like all the legal stuff is they said that if. Um, anything goes wrong again because I guess it started leaking again.
1: Serious? Yeah.
0: <laughs> which was like a whole other thing, which is why I didn't go like into it. But yeah, it started leaking again, but it was from like a natural fault that had happened near uh-huh. the well. And then it went back to like natural levels yeah. that seep out. I don't know, it ended up not being a huge thing. Um, but it was near where they had put the, the dome over it. Yeah. Um but, yeah, so it had ended up leaking again, and it was, like, a whole thing. So they were saying that technically they can still go after BP again for further damage if uh. they find that it starts affecting, like, the marine life again. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting. But, yeah, it's, like, heartbreaking to think about. if We're still seeing the effects of it this long afterwards. And then if you think about the deep water impacts that are yeah. probably still happening that we just we can't even see. Yeah. And really they don't talk about it anymore, so... We won't really know. Yeah. Going back to how I said, like, if you have to go 5,000 feet underwater and then 18,000 feet into rock, that's 5,000 feet underwater. You should probably leave it alone. I was wondering um what kind of, like, difference it would have made if it happened on land instead of water. Because I don't oh, think yeah. it would have been as bad.
1: Oh, yeah, just an oil ge- oil geyser. and.
0: Yeah, I don't think as yeah. many species would have died at all.
1: Let's hope that that theory is never tested.
0: Yeah, well, hopefully. That would be awful but I think it would be night and day for sure yeah but yeah so that's the short and condensed version of the BB oil spill. <clears throat> like I said there's a ton of information about like the legal aspects of it in the court hearing and there's been a lot of um, like documents sent out and stuff that I, I have one to attach that was like a memorial for the 11 that passed away. And like it yeah. went over the ban that was going on and safety measures that were put in place after this and stuff. So there's still a lot of information about this that we just cannot like yeah. cover in one, one sitting because it's just so much, but if you want to learn more, I urge you to look it up. Uh, it's really interesting. There's just so much information. Um, and there's also a couple documentaries about it that, are supposed to be really, really good. So if you'd rather watch than read, there's something for everyone. But that's all for the BP oil spill. Thank you guys for listening, and be sure to tune in next, next week. Uh, we're going to end this by reading the victims' names. There's only 11, and I didn't do a backstory on them because I didn't have time for that.
1: And let's hope this way, let's hope that you can actually...
0: Them they are kind of easy. So you, you
1: did well with the ones last week, too.
0: Like I said, uh, no, because we said it last time, I, we don't know if I did well. Because we don't know how they're pronounced. <laughs> uh, you pronounced them.
1: Maybe not That's correctly, true. but they're pronounced. <laughs> <laughs> I at least got them out of my mouth. <laughs> yeah.
0: All right. So the 11 victims that died on April 20th, 2010 are Jason Anderson, Aaron Dale Birkin, Donald Clark. Stephen Curtis, Gordon Jones, Roy Wyatt Kemp, Carl Dale Kleppinger, Jr., Blair Manuel, Dewey Rivette, Shane Rashto, and Adam Wise. And then our sources for this episode are ocean.si.edu, um, mmc.gov, Britannica.com, do something.org, epa.gov, and uh, youtube.com, which is the video of the restoration projects that I'll also put on the thing. So, yeah, right. thank you guys for listening. See you next week. Azla pasta. Bye. Bye.